KLT mentions podcast. Listen to Neil and Pip. We talk learning technology. Pip's got some questions now. Okay, so if we were going to publish in Earwax monthly, and that would be Ghastly. Oh, very good, yes. yes. I like that. What, what would be the segue? The natural segue into Gasta. The natural segue into it like that. Well, I suppose the thing about it is I've been gassing on and talking and I suppose one of the things is to get the message out there. And that's what Gasta is all about. Yes, it is about having a bit of fun. But I mean, I think the thing for me, and it is, it's a very serious thing. Is that I think a lot of times, and particularly if you see where the Gasta session position, and it was brilliant this year in Alton Edward to be there for the three days, each day, and it built up a sort of momentum, even for people who hadn't seen it before. And they saw it on the first or second day they can still kind of go for another day but often what happens is you know we make decisions about oh I think I'll go to that talk and sometimes you're disappointed or sometimes it's not what you think the beauty about the Gosta is you're going to be given five minute sessions and you know it will finish in five there is nothing worse than sitting there and I have been that soldier many and it's a, you know, the chair is just not being strong enough or doing under pressure the beauty about Gosta is if you sign up to do a Gosta the people have ta- they've given you the permission to kind of count them down and, and and count them in and count them out. I mean, I have to be honest, and it wasn't rehearsed at all, but Martin Weller, I was able to stop Martin Weller. I mean, how cool is that? So people can say, doesn't this guy have no favourites or anything like that? The high and mighty fall under the gust of hammer, the same as anybody else. But as I said, the idea is, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to be exposed to five, six, seven, eight, nine presentations about topics which you may not necessarily have considered before. And as I said, I really do mean when I, when I introduce the gust, it's always if we have wired you or got you to think about something have a chat with the presenter that's the thing there but it's also a bit of energy and I think there's so much like at conferences so po-faced and it's so uh, you know and as I said like, it's about getting the information out there I mean I can I can be the serious academic when I need be and I can do all of that stuff but in the end I mean conferences are an opportunity to come together and you know in, in the social environment as well like that people are working hard and they want to feel that it was something different and uh, so as I said they, they certainly get ideas but look, if nothing else, you can count to one to five Oscailge in Irish. What does GASTA actually stand for? Is it an acronym? Gently all shouting together or something like that. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it's uh, Irish word is quick or speedy or, you know, something along that, that sort of line like that. It's a quick sort of chat like that. So that, that's basically it. I mean, what, what happened was about six years ago, um, the, as I said, Ilka, the Alts Irish sibling, put out a call to, to host the annual conference uh, which I would recommend people to come along to today so it's easier on your liver but uh, we're asked to, you know, to, to host it but also ask for ideas now but one of the things I put in the idea was the idea of having a gossip with the idea of high energy lightning talks five minutes mean, meaning five gossip. Um so that was that was sort of taken up it's since become a feature of uh, our, our conferences and then a couple of years ago then Marin, Mark Oxy and Martin Weller were over at the conference and I think they liked what they saw or they're at least intrigued um, and uh, so I was asked over to Manchester last year and I was terribly nervous I was coming in 
people go for this? Will they be a bit more reserved? You know, it's kind of going, will I get a bit of sort of stiff upper lip? But no, people were absolutely brilliant. And uh, Laurie Phipps, my timekeeping pal, done a, done a great job like that. So no, it, it was great. And people said, this year, and then Marin contacted me and said, actually, there's three sessions. How do you feel about that? And I said, bring it on. And it was wonderful. And what a setting. Oh, my God. The McEwen Hall in Edinburgh University. Now, I must admit, when I walked in, this is going to be a, a tough sell. But actually, I sort of used the uh, the, 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 the cheap seats and, and, the, and the posh seats to, to my advantage like that. And once again, people were absolutely wonderful. I think people are entering into the spirit of it. Um, rather sadly, then, the vast majority of gossiteers this year were actually pretty good for time. But people love the sort of counting down. And it's all shouting out. It's a lot to get through. I think we got 27 presentations over the three days and stuck pretty much the time. And uh, and I was chatting to some people who presented on the first day and there were saying like, people had come up to them or chatted to them about posters and stuff like that. So I think that it's part of the whole process. But yeah, it's a quick shout out with a lot of audience participation. It's safe to say that Neil and I are a Gaster convert, Gaster presentee convert. It was um, yes. Gaster yeah. tears. I love yeah, it. Anybody can be a That's presenter, fantastic. but to be a Gaster is a bigger, bigger deal. I think we actually need badges Absolutely. or t-shirts or something. We like do. Gusted we or something. do. I'll have to put that to uh, Marin. And- I wondered how you arrived at this five minutes because I know similar models of informal conference structures. For example, the Teach Me, they have yeah. things like micro presentations and nano presentations and everything's getting smaller and smaller and we're being forced to condense a lot of information into uh, chunks accessible micro chunk micro learning seems to be the thing i think we discussed that in our presentation so why five minutes and not two or three do you think first of all it, people put a lot of time and effort into stuff the likes of teach me is great it's very informal much more low-key and i think it's easier to kind of just give a two or three minute shout out if you're going to the bother of going to alt going to a big conference um i just think the two or three minutes is just that bit tight particularly if i'm also going to put you under the pressure of counting you in and counting you out i think anything less than five would just start to be cruel and unusual punishment um the pachachka or pachacucha is like six minutes 40 seconds but that's a very formalized and very stylized every 20 seconds slide moves on so i just kind of felt that five minutes is enough to actually be a micro presentation but i think you start getting below five and as i said there's nothing against it i do think the teach me it's a great idea but i just think as i said you're getting up on stage it's a big ask you've traveled like teach me are often a far more local affair and i think to ask someone to do that in less than five minutes after making the effort to travel to something is probably a bit too much. That's a bit, you know, sort of, I'd done one one session there this year and they actually had put down 10 minutes. It didn't work because you didn't have that sort of manic urgency. So I just confirmed on five minutes. To be a ghost, it has to be five. Actually, ideally, it has to be four minutes, 59 seconds. People like the idea, like at four minutes, 50, I start walking across the stage, you know, and sort of just, so it creates that little bit of a buzz because I don't want people finishing too early. So that's the whole idea. I think five minutes does justice to a program after asking people to travel. Well, that makes sense. I think five minutes is a good opportunity to do a topic some justice. I agree with yeah. that. It's also not too long to make it a bit scary. Yes, I think that that is. It's it's tight enough that you know if, if you kind of lose any time at all. And I think that's part of the fun of it, to be honest. Oh, know. definitely a, a unique combination between fun, fierty, and opportunity, and having a good laugh. All the good things. Yeah, um, yeah. you've shared a lot of these sessions, and you've got a connection with this this structure and this model for presently delivering presentations. What do you think makes a really, really good 
gasta talk. Equally high energy. I think I, I sometimes think it's a bit funny because you know we go the whole pain though and then shout out gasta and next minute the, the presenter goes today's presentation. So I think I like to say a good gasta presentation starts themselves. They pick up on that urgency. They well, it's great to be here or something. You know equally effusive like that I think that's a really really good good way of doing it like that in the same way I think that the whole thing about this we don't need lots of words it's about selling a concept big picture stuff that's what you're you're trying to say if you have a couple of big numbers or stuff like that I love you know slides carnival they do do nice templates for PowerPoint and they will often yes. have you know, 894,374 and that's all you see on the, the slide and I think if you can sort of do something like that now some people done 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 segues and used embedded videos and stuff and actually all worked out perfect but I think it's a bit of a high risk now if you're confident that the technology will work that's great but um we had a catastrophic failure last year's uh, ILTA conference of just one person. And so I just started singing. I felt sorry for the presenter and it was just a oh, car crash. Was so it I, a gasta rap or was it more of a um, traditional no, no, it, um, song the, the that you delivered? A rapper. I'm sorry. No, it was it was a Dublin ballad. It's a very famous Irish song called Raglan Road. It's based on a poem by a poet called Paddy Cavanagh. It was sung by loads and loads of people. Very famous by a Dublin balladeer called Luke Kelly. Don't even use the word chair of Gosta, it's an MC, or I don't know what it is, but I certainly don't think chairs. But yeah, it was great. So the, the, the song goes on for three more verses, but people joined in and stuff. It was just one of those moments, and it was brilliant. I really, really loved it. I wouldn't fancy the technology having that catastrophic breakdown again, but it was all safe. And actually, she came back and done a great presentation. But yeah, I think for me, it's, it's that energy. I really do like the people who just pick up from the word Gosta and then hey, and then straight in. As I said, images, big picture stuff. And as I said, like, you know, it's handy if you have like a Twitter handle or you have, a, you have a project website or something that people can follow up on and give the detail. I think that's what we're, we're looking at. That's really it. I mean people are free to do but if you really want to get, get into the whole spirit, big picture stuff, high energy. Pick, I, I, as I said in my blog there, you know that thing there, I'm sorry for writing such a long letter, I didn't have the time to write a short one uh, because it takes a real skill to actually condense what, what you're actually doing and I think that's the real skill. Like, what is it about? No, no, what's it really about? No, no, really really what's it about now you're ready for gust and I think that's the, the sort of advice I'd like to give so that's like an acid test of readiness for a, a good gaster talk y- yes. asking yourself a series of readiness questions and drilling down to core ideas of what's going on yeah and can you represent that with a graphic and not an infographic because you haven't the time for that but some picture which something there interacts with it I like as well when people point to something it might just be a big number a big picture but they sort of interact with it you've done really well because it's off quite a tricky thing to keep her in time and to work between two people he's done that really really well and work as a pair you know because I think any good presentation not just a gospel but I think more so when it is five minutes is to keep that energy up or sometimes you have two people presenting and you could have someone like the people go hey and then Neil comes in, hello, I'm Father Stone, you know, that sort of so it's it's important to kind of keep the same sort of tempo like that and think about what are you, what are you trying to I think it's brave when you do two people. Well, I think you. we were very brave. We were very brave, weren't we, Neil? Yeah, we were we were brave. Did, can I ask both of you, did you did you kinda of have much of an inkling or had you looked up videos from last year or did you know what to expect? My institution it's it's called like a lightning strike, but we, we don't have the whole counting and stuff. So I love yeah. that. Just being able to get up out your chair, that's you know, that's a key part. Because when you sat down for an hour, it's really good to just start doing something. Yeah physical in between creates a bit of energy doesn't it but as I said there is a serious thing to it and I'm very keen to 
emphasize. But yeah, we've all sat there and got oh, the losing the will to live and stuff like that. And I just said, and even if it's not particularly engaging, it's over in five minutes. You know that I will put you out of your misery there because you won't have to endure this any longer. Like, I think people, then people are more likely to come along to the session to enjoy it. And as I said, hopefully they, they will be exposed to one or two things or ideas or concepts or people that they might otherwise not have got. And that to me is the best the best part of God, where people kind of go, do you know what? We're going to have a bit of a laugh anyway. We'll enjoy it. So where did the idea come from? We did our research and we it kind of arrived in the world at, in about 2014. And obviously it's such mm-hmm. a really powerful practice and concept that yeah. you've been able to take it all over the, the world, essentially. Tell us about Canada. Oh, I didn't get a chance, no. I offered to go, but uh, no, but in fairness, actually, it uh, was BC campus, but actually, Clint Lalande and uh, Vancouver Royal, well, he'd seen it last year in Manchester and took the idea over, but he was saying that the guy who actually done it this year had watched the videos from last year and he said he kind of got into the whole spirit of it like that. Different. I've been asked at different colleges around Ireland and now twice uh, to alt like that. Yeah, I'm available to go to any institution and I'm genuinely enjoying it and, and I don't ask Amity to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. I think that's that's also far. So I think that's so as I said there, yeah, we had that idea. We've all sat at more training days. It was just this opportunity to have a bit of fun, have the as we say in Ireland, have the crack. And uh, we just spelled C R I I C, not the other type of stuff. Thank you for the clarification. Yes, no, that's having the crack. Yeah. The crack was 90, the crack was great. Many phrases like that. We had this um, discussion on Twitter through messaging um, about the word use of the word grand. Yeah. So um, it could be, a, you know, a grand building where we could present and also, yep, that's grand. So that was an, that was a bit of education. It was. Obviously, um, grand is a great word because it's generally in England, like Downton Abbey is a grand house. But grand means house things. Ah, they're grand. So, what do you think of my new boyfriend? Ah, he's three's grand. Doesn't really mean he's good at all, but like I'm trying to be too polite. Many, many words I said. So, family says, yeah, what's what's the point like in that book? That's ah, grand. Don't drink there. So, anyway, yeah, so we had that sort of <laughs> conversation going on there like that. So, d- tell me about the Dublin e learning summer school. Yeah, now in fairness, it's the uh, University of Dublin, but for a good few years, their teaching learning uh, unit up there have organised uh, e learning summer school. Brilliant, and as I said, it's it's free. They pulled together some great, great speakers. You're really exposed to some really, really good people that you wouldn't otherwise do. So, anyway, yeah, so this year we asked to do Gossip. Now, the Gossip kind of was special to 10 minutes. So, it worked out really well but I suppose that sense of, of manic urgency wasn't there so it won't be doing 10 minutes again it'll just be uh, 5 minutes as I said the DIT summer school it's our TUD yeah. summer school now it's a, it's a really really good uh, thing every year it's normally around so the second third week of June towards the end of like the exam boards are over it's really nice to just sort of get together and just sort of chat and ideas at that and I think that's one of the things with the technological of the hotel world is that you know people often think that you know what they're doing is you feel so isolated. So even just to talk to someone else in another institution, say, oh yeah, we're having the same problems or this is this or that. I think that's problem shared is a problem have. Um, was that the learning analytics one? Because I was looking at a few of the things. Yes, yeah, it was. It, it, yeah. They, they, they were team each year, learning analytics. So yeah, I think ever since the whole GDPR and Cambridge Analytica and all of that sort of stuff come in, I think we all need to think about, you know, for example, it certainly got me thinking about, like I would often get people to, students to sign up with, I'd often get students to sign up you know, to do a you know, different 
an app or something like that. And now I'm kind of going, well, what am I asking them to do? It's gotten certainly got a lot of us think about that dog is going, I'm going to have to do something. Hang on a second. I'm back. Sorry. Jack has had this kid. Jack doesn't like being left out. So, Hello, no, Jack. I'd say just, just going back there about the point, I think, I think we all need to be far more cognizant about what we're doing with our data, what we're using it for. I, as I said, I think there's a lot of unintended consequences that I've said, but even when people were, were thinking about how to engage with a student, it certainly got us all thinking. And it's, and rightly so. I mean, rightly so. But it's like because we're controlling so much data, even just people logging on. But as I said, no, the analytics thing was, was, was very, very useful. It's like all stuff, I suppose, it's you know what you intend to do with the data and how it can actually use. But, and as I said, even if you're very well-intentioned, uh, we just need to just be mindful. And I think, as I said, like certainly, then, I think a lot of uh, software providers from outside the EU, I think, are getting their rack together now. I mean, for me, we would just not use anything unless it's GDPR compliant. Just It's just not going to be used. But I think our own practices were in our own institutions. Uh, stuff that, did we keep, you know, Excel spreadsheets of students' names and IDs and, and results for years afterwards like that. But I think it's more just inadvertent stuff. So, it, look, if it gets us talking about protection and, and appropriate use of data, well, then that's not a bad. Because, as I said, like, at our fingertips, we've an awful lot of information so what are we using it for I mean, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because it's like, there's a lot of, like you said, there's the third-party technology platforms coming in yeah. and they're holding the data and there's the institution holding the data. Yeah. I mean, even simple things like we've got an e-textbook provider at our institutions, they hold like all the student data and stuff like that and the student has to sign up to the terms and conditions before they can get the book and if they don't agree with them, then they can't get the book kind of thing. So, yeah, there's all, it's it's, like, it's massive, isn't it? Well, I think that, that, I think the whole third-party provider then is, 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 is a real issue there like that. And as I said, like, I think, as I said, certainly at the, the summer school, I was going, in my own head, I'm going, oh, I've done this, I've done that. So, yeah, I think we need to just really think about what, what, what we're doing. And I, now, the, the, the other side of it is, you know, there's a fear that, that people end up doing nothing because they're so afraid. And you don't want that either. And I don't think that's what the legislation was intended for either. I definitely think it might have set back EdTech some. Now, it's how we respond to that as a community and appropriately, because as I said, sometimes when there's a fear, well, if I don't do anything, I can't do anything wrong. And we don't want we don't want that either like that. So I think it's just about reassuring people. But I think, yeah, the issue, whatever about our own in-house though, third party providers, yeah. We definitely have to look and think about who we're interacting with, what are they doing with that stuff. Because going back to the point I said earlier, getting paying for the getting paying for the product, you are the product. A lot of talking with the summer school, but yeah, it was it was very good. It's always very very. Uh, that particular crew, they did the uh, Francis Boyle in there. They did the twelve apps of Christmas for a couple of years. They won an award and all like that. It was a really good thing coming up to the twelve days of Christmas. There'd be an app every day, and you had to engage with it and comment on it. They're a good crew up there. No, it sounds really interesting. Keep an eye out for it every year. Yeah, we'll, we'll put a link to. All of these in the show notes, yeah. all the things that you mentioned. Yeah, definitely. no, please do. Yeah, no, they're brilliant. Every year, there's always a good presentation. But as I say, it's just good as a community to get, get together, chat, and share ideas, and commiserate with each other, which is also important. Can we do something fun? Can we learn how to count to five in Irish for the benefit yeah. of our listeners who weren't able to attend the annual conference so that they can get an experience of what it's like to be counted in? And out of Augusta presentation. Can we do that? Yeah, no bother. Okay. So some of the words sound a bit similar. So one is hain, probably not too different. Hey, hey. Two is dough, again, not too dissimilar. Three is three. Now it gets a bit more interesting now. Four is car, and five is cooig. And then the crowd all shout gosta. So you start off hain, dough, three, car. Cooig, Gosta. Can we go over four again? A, 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 a cater. Cahor. 
not a car, just car. And then right. just for the end, then we just count again and boy, but this time we're going to shout stod, which is stop. Okay. Stop. Okay. So we're, are we all going to do it together? We yeah. are. Am I going to shout, are we going to do Gosta and stod or just the stod? Both. Best okay. of both words. Are we all ready to go? We're going to start off. So we have our, we have our presenter here now. Jack the dog is sitting there patiently. He's going to do it's five minute presentation, sitting there eyeballing us. Are we ready? Yes. A hen. A hen. A dog. A, dough, a, a tree, tree. A car. A cooey. A cooey. Gosta. Come on, Jack. <laughs> okay, we're going to give you a chance. We're going to the person. They've gone over their time. I've crept up to go. For people who haven't seen it, I'll creep up with 10 seconds to go. And I'm just giving them a countdown. Once they go to the five minutes, we're going to count to five again. But this time we're going to shout stud. Are we ready? A yes. hen. A hen. A doe. A, dough. a, dough. a, a tree. A car. A cooey. Stud. Stud. This is quite difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Must have done it a lot but it was quite fun. Yeah. yeah. Now we should have also been waving and standing up and down. Yeah. yeah. There could have been a Gasta dance as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, like I mean, I got people singing this year as well. I mean, sort of done. So I think, yeah, actually, a Gasta dance might be. Yeah. I'm always open to slight amendments and stuff like that. As long as it's high energy, you know, and there's lots of activity and we stick to the, the five minutes, I'm open to any suggestions. Awesome. Do you get, um, do you use the Gasta model with your students? No, I wouldn't do that to them. That would be cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> sort of sing, and I'm very high energy lecturer. So yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a bit strange for people who've been used to, particularly say school leavers, and they come into to, to college for the first time. And uh, you know, as I say, it's even just interesting that like, you're you talking with different words here. Like I noticed like, in, in in Britain, if you say uni, you mean university. If you say college, you not mean FE or sick. In Ireland, we use the term college and uni, the same thing. Just as matter. That that talk just occurred to me. Yeah, I suppose if someone's come in and they've had quite a conservative sort of education and then they have a lunatic like me running up and down and doing funny voices and they have you know pretend microphones and stuff like that so, so I suppose like sociology is one of those subjects you know you kind of go what do you think and then you get this sort of plaintive hand up and say yes yes it's going to be on the exam no no it's just me just having it's called education engagement it's not on the exam there is no right or wrong answer so, but I suppose that's the sort of type of, and that's where I kind of like using stuff like, you know, say Socrates or Kahoot or Paul Daddy or something like that, where you're just trying to get people to engage, you know, so I'd sort of put out a polemic question, ask people to vote on it, then ask people to, to respond to it and then do the vote again. So I might sort of say, well, yeah, okay, and Neil's made some good points here. So do you think, you know, do you favour earwax carving or earwax mould? Well, Pip might make, you know, and then it's the same thing as putting your hands up and counting, but, you know, it just gets a better response when I say, students okay will you take your phones out please bring your pardon not put them away no no get your phones out so i think something like that it's it but i mean the thing about it is unless you're actually using it in an integrated way get some real engagement or for clarification or something like that then don't use it. unless it's unless it's you know technology enhanced learn and simply using it just to show how clever you are or whatever you think that is then that's not fun but if you can sort of make it a case where you're just trying to ascertain i might give people a reading three or four pages and say and then i might start off class with just three or four questions just to get a sense of are they getting what i'm sort of saying or, or stuff like that but that's i think that's a, a nice way of doing that like if you're showing a video in class then that's technology enhanced learning but i think for me 
for using the DLE a little bit better if you put up the link and then you okay, but you know we'll be looking at this video in class on Tuesday but beforehand you know we freeze it with the first 10 minutes or read this blog or read this article and help set it in context it's quite a lot to get in maybe a one hour lecture so if we can sort of give them a heads up use the technology in an appropriate way then, and I suppose that's the thing instead of encouraging people to do technology in their teaching I could also look them in the eye and say yeah I'm also a lecturer as well and, you know, but I still haven't mastered Snapchat yet. I mean, if know, Snapchat and Gaster were put together, that would be insane, right? That would be ultra would for be high octane insane. micro learning. Probably Snapta. <laughs> Snapta. That's brilliant. It's like something that you have after a load of curry, though, doesn't it? Gaster. Uh, potentially, yes. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if we run a conference full of that. You have to be in an open air facility anyway. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of things you've said about sometimes that there's a kind of trap that we fall into just using the technology without necessarily thinking about how it's really enhancing the learning and just using it. The risk is in a tokenistic capacity. And yes. I came across a, a fantastic article that kind of nailed that issue to the core, which was called the pedagogy of the impress, drawing on Paolo Freire's yeah. famous uh, phrase, the pedagogy of the oppress. So if, if we just use technology without thinking about what we're really doing and having those conversations tokenistically, then it's just about impression. And then you're essentially, you're just re-oppressing the oppressed. Here's the technology. Yes, but where's the learning? Yeah. So I, I really like what you said about that in terms of not just showing off learning is not showing off learning no. is learning yeah yeah you know and, and that's the saying it's it's you know learning is learning and for me that broken down in terms of engagement developing understanding and enjoyment and as i said if you're making someone feel inadequate or silly or stupid you know because as i said like, I, and i am not taking away from 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 a lot of the stuff and you know I, I i do like a lot of the ai stuff and vr and i can see it all like that but as i said the reality is a lot of people are struggling to to insert a hyperlink within a document or to you know to to, to understand you know i mean sometimes i show people about just usage rights and google images and suddenly it's like you know i've given them the the, the dead sea scroll so I, I think as i said going back to my mantra about 90 percent of the staff using 10 percent of technology i'd be happy with that and i think that's something that we should be aiming for across the sector i think like, like the likes of the conferences are great because it's we're in that community and we can sort of show each other some some exciting and cutting edge stuff. And sometimes the way the way I think about edtech conferences, it's a bit like um, you know London or Milan Fashion Week. We are all the designers and we go along and we see all this weird avant-garde and cutting edge stuff like that. And then we go back then to work as designers for the high street. So we give a sort of accessible version of what the out there stuff is like. I don't know if that's a good analogy, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, the majority of my staff are not going to do VR and stuff like that or AI or anything like that. But actually someone might come to me with um, an idea where I can sort of water down or make it an accessible version of something I've seen or got an idea from or at least put them in, in, in connection with, with someone else. As I said, like, you know, you see stuff and... and Oh yeah, I've done this and I dragged this down and I just wrote some code and I've done HTML and HP5 and BBC and RTE and B and you're kind of going, can I get a new marker for my acetate, please? <laughs> you know, I, I like that thing, the pedagogy of the impress. I really like that. That's particularly good. So, yeah, put up a link to that at the end of this uh, podcast. Absolutely. Well, I'll just, I'll tell you what the article is. It's it's an education lecturer called Andy Convery, the University of Sunderland. And the article is called The Pedagogy of the Impressed, How Teachers Become Victims of the of Technological Vision. And you can access it online. It's, it's um, that, 
part of my approach to being a learning technologist is to say, well, I'm equally as skeptical or critical, I think is the better word, as yeah. I am enthusiastic about yeah. learning technology. And I think you have to have that blend of, of both approaches to kind of figure out the best way forward, because otherwise you're either seduced by new stuff or drowned by your old practice. And yeah. I think it's a healthy place to have that critique yeah. ready. And, and the critical technophile. And I think that probably sums me up. And I think we're on the same wavelength very much so. Um, and I'm, I must then I certainly look forward to reading that article. Uh, I think actually you're just thinking here, like I must write a blog about like, let's put the L back in the VLE or something, try and articulate. I think many of those sort of ideas. And as I said, it gets shiny. I don't know what it does, but it's shiny. And I also think as well that we're spending public money. So I do think it you know, behoves us to, to, to think about, you know, when we buy something, or when we recommend something that it is going to have a genuine impact. The ALT Mentions Podcast. Listen to Neil and Pip. We talk learning technology.